This is COVID-19 Seattle. I'm Dave Ross. And I'm Aaron Granilla. One of the world's only confirmed cases of COVID-19 reinfection happened right here in the Seattle area. The patient shared his experience exclusively with Cairo Radio. Yeah, for us, the man's two separate cases provide some important clues about immunity. But for him, his survival story is also about how debilitating the disease can be. The first time the man thought he would die from the virus was in late March. Chest pounding and fever rising, he collapsed in his nursing home room. Laid there on the floor for like 45 minutes. And I woke up. I couldn't get up. And I turned on my side as much as I could so that I could, you know, have something to draw my breath in. His heart pumped at 120 beats per minute, approaching dangerous levels for a man in his 60s who also suffers from asthma, emphysema, and a chronic lung disease. I could actually see my chest beating, moving. At that point, I'm terrified. I was terrified. It's like, what's going on with me, and why am I overheated, and why am I sweating? Medics rushed him to Swedish. Doctors hooked him up with oxygen and shocked his heart to restore its normal rhythm. A nasal swab confirmed the coronavirus was latched onto his lungs, infecting them with COVID-19. He says other patients in the hospital started testing positive, too. At that point, I heard a doctor yell, and he said, you know, everybody mask up, mask up. And that was basically the beginning of this pandemic in Seattle. It took more than 50 days, multiple rounds of steroids and inhalers to get him out of the hospital. He returned to normal life for some time. But then in July, about four months after his first COVID infection, he started gasping for air again. I'm like getting sick. And I'm, I'm feeling like I felt the very first time I had it. He went back to Swedish, where infectious disease physician Dr. Jason Goldman examined him. I had an immediate clinical suspicion that he was reinfected because of the time that had passed uh, as natural immunity would start to wane. Researchers confirmed the reinfection through genetic sequencing. It showed the man caught two different versions of the coronavirus. The first one in March resembled the original strain from China. In July, he was infected with a slightly evolved strain that came over from Europe. I think this is something that most experts were anticipating. I thought that, you know, in Washington state where we had some of the first infections in the country, we might see the first reinfections. Tell me what you're thinking when you get that second positive test back. That I'm going to die. I was scared. But this time, his immune system was also better prepared, and the second infection was not as intense. Dr. Goldman says that's a reassuring sign for the rest of us. Even though the patient got sick again, the virus was detectable again, it was a totally different strain, the immune system at least worked enough that the disease was not so severe the second time around, and the patient recuperated quite quickly. Yet a handful of reinfected patients have had different outcomes. A 25-year-old man in Nevada was much sicker the second time around, and an 89-year-old woman in the Netherlands, who was also undergoing chemotherapy, died during her second bout with COVID. What's happening in these kind of one or two uh, cases where the second infection is more severe, that remains to be seen. Because there's so few cases around the world where this is happening, I don't think we have a real thorough understanding 
of the patterns. The Swedish hospital system is investigating at least five more local cases of possible reinfection, and there could be dozens more across the states. UW Medicine virologist Dr. Alex Greninger is studying some of them, including the case of the Seattle patient. These reinfection studies really do indicate that you know, even if you have been infected, there's a chance, there's a low chance. Let's be, let's really like put this in couching. I think it's a low chance, but there's a chance that you are still at risk. Even if you have some immunity, that immunity declines over time. And Greninger says this also raises some concerns about the efficacy of a vaccine. Overall, he still feels good about the current clinical trials. From the phase one, phase two studies, things look good there. I think we should feel positive about the vaccine. The, the, the question will always be, how long that immunity lasts. Greninger says reinfected survivors are a part of finding that answer. As for the Seattle patients, most days he just feels worn out and beaten down. If people don't take this serious, even if they don't get sick or they don't die, they're going to know somebody who did. This virus can take you out in a few hours. I know that for a fact. Well. So, Aaron, did he get any of the new treatments like uh, remdesivir? Yes. And and what's interesting is because he had a chronic lung disease going into this, in March, they actually treated him with steroids that we now know to be lifesavers. So, in a way, the fact that he had a chronic lung disease in the beginning may have saved his life the first time. The second time he was reinfected, we know that he was also given remdesivir and dexamethasone. And we know now for a fact... Those are are proven lifesavers. And so they found that the virus had evolved enough Mm -hmm. in, what would you say, four or five months? Correct. Yeah. But I I do want to say this, though, because when I was talking to the UW virologist, it's very similar to the original strain from China. The way Mm -hmm. the doctors described it to me is think about a branch on a tree. And you have a couple of offshoots on that branch. And, and you look at the leaves at the end of each of those branches. They might look a little different, but they're pretty much the same, right? Yeah. And so that, that's positive when we try to develop a vaccine. Because if we're, we're basing a vaccine off of the Wuhan strain, there's a good chance that it'll be effective against any other little mutation. But, I mean, what's concerning is, okay, it's similar, but mm-hmm. apparently it was dissimilar enough to reinfect somebody who'd already had the earlier version, which does have implications for how robust the vaccine might be, right? I don't know if we can say that for sure yet. With Uh this patient, it's possible that because he had all of these other pre-existing conditions, perhaps he didn't develop enough immunity. If you are, you know, 20s, 30s, and otherwise good health, and you've got the virus once before, the way the virologists describe it is, there's probably a good chance you have developed a good amount of immunity even to a different kind of strain because they are so similar. Um, but yeah, if you are older, if you have pre-existing conditions and you get the virus a second time, like we saw in the Netherlands, for instance, the woman in her late 80s, and let's also say she was dealing with you know, chemotherapy from lymphoma, yeah, you, have a, you, you are at a higher chance of not having a good outcome. So... How many strains are out there, Aaron? We know of two so far with these reinfection stories, but how many do we have? So there's really not an easy answer to this. There are technically lots of strains because, you know, viruses make copies of themselves every time they spread from person to person. Those copies aren't always perfect, though, so there can be some small errors or mutations. Most of the mutations are actually pretty neutral. They they don't really change anything about how the virus functions at all. 
but they can help us track how it's moving through a population. And that's why scientists know that the first infection for that Seattle patient actually came from Wuhan, China. His second infection came from Europe. There's also this third common strain that researchers in Germany and the UK have studied and that also seems like it mostly stayed in China. Now, sometimes these mutations, though, are not neutral. They can make a virus more infectious or deadly. That is pretty rare, though. And, and right now, none of the reported strains of the virus have necessarily made one strain more harmful than another. But that's also something scientists are still trying to puzzle out. So why are some COVID cases so much more severe? Could be a combination of pre-existing conditions, how your immune system decides to respond to the virus, and, and then finally, whether the strain you caught might maybe be more deadly. So right now, the general thought is the most common strain circulating in the United States this fall is from Europe, but it's still very similar to the Wuhan strain. So if you caught the virus back in March or April, you would have some immunity to this European strain as well, most likely. But how long that immunity lasts, that's what we still don't know. And are they studying this in other patients at Swedish right here? Yeah. So, of course, you know, we know Seattle was one of the first places where this touched down in the U.S. So like Dr. Jason Goldman told me, we were pretty likely to see some of the first reinfections. So Swedish actually has a study going where they are looking at about 200 cases Um these are people who've caught the virus and they're just sort of studying overall. Within that sample of 200, though, it seems like there might be at least five more cases of possible reinfection. Those are not confirmed yet. The patient that we're talking about today, uh, the Seattle patient, that's the only one, at least in our state, that has been confirmed. But I think because we are in the midst of this false surge, all the doctors and all the public health experts seem to suggest that we're likely going to see a lot more of these these reinfections pop up. We'll be back with you next Thursday to discuss the latest coronavirus news. You can subscribe to this podcast, and you can also find our news coverage on MyNorthwest.com or listen live at 97.3 FM.